I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to The Times. Go to thetimes.co.uk. Did you read with Tim Montgomery? To what extent are gay rights central now to human rights around the world? When you're abused on Twitter, how should society react? And in Justin Welby and the new Pope, does the world have two great and attractive Christian leaders for the first time for a very long time? Those are the topics that we'll be discussing in this latest edition of the Times Opinion Podcast. My name is Tim Montgomery, editor of the Times' Opinion Pages, and I'm joined today by two of our columnists, David Aronovich and Hugo Rifkind, and the Times parliamentary sketch writer, Anne Treneman. And what are you going to do now, Andy, now that Parliament has gone into recess? What do you do over the summer? Well, well, obviously, I do podcasts. Um, I do. I also do a bit of. Uh, You're doing a notebook this week. Radio. In the I do some columns, and I also, you know, I do also write magazine pieces. So. And you already. Um, miss- I'm very. I'm so versatile. It's hard to know what I'm doing most of the time. Frankly. You were already missing the MPs. Um, I'm not missing them yet. Not yet. I'm not missing them at all. <laughs> In fact, I saw a picture of uh, Nick Clegg yesterday. I was like, oh, dear. I forgot about him. And you know, all of a sudden, he's back again. It's a common, it's a common problem. <laughs> but we must get on with business. And um, Hugo Rifkind, I want to come to you first. Your um, latest column in the uh, Times was based on the idea that uh, you put forward that Gay rights is a central indicator of a country's overall attitude to that country's human rights and treatment of minorities. Make the case briefly for those people who haven't read your article. Okay, well, first, they should read the article. Of course. Because it's it's much better written down. But, um, no, the idea is basically that... Uh, there is not a there is not a state anywhere in the world that doesn't respect gay rights, but does respect other rights, uh, other rights of minorities. Because I think uh, the, a, a state's treatment of gay people makes for a good bellwether of how a state deals with difference. Because homosexuality is quite an interesting sort of difference, because it's not a particularly loud difference. It's not a particularly important difference. Uh, gay people don't. don't tend to look different they don't they don't live in a particularly different fashion their behavior shouldn't be a challenge to everybody yet uh, cultures which cannot accommodate them are cultures which uh, which struggle with a lack of I'm not going to be able to say this word homogeneity um, and um and really will not tolerate difference in, in any sort of form so it's a it's a very good sort of sort of bellwether the only part of the world where gay rights are progressing and general civil rights are not is probably in Southeast Asia, which is actually quite interesting. But in most parts of the world, crackdowns on gay rights are used as a sort of a proxy to a crackdown on rights in general, seen in Russia, seen in Africa. And would you put gay rights at sort of at the pinnacle of a sort of a canary in the coal mine test of human rights? Because a lot of people perhaps listening would think, if you look at the amount of religious persecution in the world at the moment, Christian minorities, for example, being wiped out in large parts of the Middle East, they would say abuse of religious freedom is a 
greater problem and perhaps a greater indicator of something going wrong well it's part and parcel of the same thing i mean you know you you, you start with the gays and then you move on to the to, to the people with with other religions i think i mean i think you can almost draw uh, you can draw a decent dish parallel between homophobia today and anti-semitism because jews are this or at least were the same kind of sort of silent unseeable other who are part of society yet yet inexplicably different um and i think i mean all the countries you talk about where where religious rights are horribly suppressed. I mean, they don't, they, they don't treat gays any better. No, no. David, do you buy Hugo's basic thesis? I certainly agree with everything he's written in his column. Actually, it is a, a spectacularly good piece of polemic with one or two pretty good laughs in it as well, uh, particularly that about uh, Desmond Tutu. Um, I was thinking about it after having read it about why it was, because Hugo makes the interesting point that actually homosexuals have never been that large a number of people uh, in society. Um, so why, in a sense, are people worried about them? Um, well, it, interrupting, not just not just worried about, also, I mean, concerned about in a good way. You know, uh, so, I mean, states which uh, which value human rights are perhaps, some might say, oh, Overly concerned with the rights of homosexuals for the, for the, for the same reason. It's it's a sort of, it's a niche that everyone has to scratch. But only one way but, or another. but I would argue only in the sense that um, you find yourself in the position of having to rectify injustices. If you didn't have to find yourself in uh, rectifying injustices, the chances are you wouldn't worry that much. Precisely for the reasons precisely for the reasons that you give. Now, one of the problems is that in human societies and particularly in, in uh, religious societies, there is a desire. You really see it in Leviticus in the Bible. All that stuff about what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do in sacrifice. The entire book in the Bible devoted to not mixing stuff up. Mm-hmm. You mustn't mix this and that. You mustn't mix that. The problem with homosexuality is that in the most fundamental sense, it confuses the simplicities of societies that required to be simple uh, and so on. And the second is the point that you make, which is about otherness. It introduces others and so on. But the thing that is that we have to uh, look at as well is the fear of the other, the real fear, the real fear that you may yourself actually possibly be part of the other, which is not unrealistic. I mean, how often is it, we've seen the case particularly in America, where the strident anti-homosexual politician is the guy who's having the rent boys down the back of the Watergate? I mean, it is quite an extraordinary small pattern uh, uh, that we're talking about. So there's the fear of oneself really in that, and there's the fear of uh, of things being mixed up. But nevertheless, I I accept the argument that it is a very important task of where a society is and its capacity to tolerate difference. And do, do you think, David, that we should make it a key part of British foreign policy that when William Hague or David Cameron goes and visits the leaders of the foreign ministers of the countries of the kind that Hugo's listed, we should be talking about religious freedom, rights for gay minorities and other people, not as sort of an afterthought, but should become a central part of our foreign policy? Well, I mean, depending on the degree of repression and so on, these are actually regarded by us as being part of the uh, the body of human rights which are attached to people. And I think that that is indeed where we will go. I mean, I think we should go there, but I think that we will go there. I mean, of course, the thing, the thing that's interesting is to the Russians, uh, from their perspective, this may, this may seem in the first instance deeply eccentric um, of us. Well, never mind. Anne, you've been watching Parliament, I think now for 10 years in Britain, and over that time... Um, homosexual rights have advanced hugely in yeah, law. Yes, are there any heterosexual <laughs> Sometimes you wonder. Um, well, we know we've just had the gay marriage debate, and um, there was quite a lot of views expressed there that um, uh, most people would 
think were very uh, homophobic. Can you can you remember anything in particular that offended you? Um, you know, I can I can't remember the exact phrase, I, um, but there was a situation where a Tory MP said something really quite offensive um, about gay people, and there was a a woman in front of him who happened to be gay, and mm. she stood up and said, "Well, I don't think that I'm like that." But it was very intense, and um, yes, it's gone through, but it's it went through, uh, not on a knife edge, but it was very much a big issue and it split the Conservative Party, there's no question about it, mm. in terms of in Parliament and possibly in the country, I don't know. Um, so I think that, well, I mean, I, polemics are polemics, but I'm always looking at the kind of the complications. So like America, on the face of it, maybe, you know, you go to San Francisco and um, you know, it's the heterosexuals you're slightly worried about whether they <laughs> they have equal rights with the homosexuals. But you go to other parts of America, and I, you know, you can still be probably be shot at for um, you know looking like you might be a little bit gay. So, mm. it's countries are really complicated places in mm. terms of that because you can pass all the laws you want, um, but will people? Behave in a way that well, America, uh, America's a continent. But almost, you know, I have other issues. You know, women can't drive in Saudi Arabia. Now it's obviously yeah. a different thing. Um, places, pe- places, lots of places. There are no, there's no democracy, or no vote, or no kind of way of, no kind of democracy. So I think there's a whole bunch of issues well, out there. I, I would, I, I would actually go along with that. I mean, I would think that you could easily have a parallel piece to Hugo's. And in fact, actually, come to think about it, I may even have written it myself. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, which, which in essence says that um, a, a progressive modern society is almost defined by the fact that it has real equal opportunities for women and real significant educational possibilities for women and real participation by women at every level in public life. Uh, And that's almost a way in which you can define a successful modern society against an unsuccessful uh, society. I'm trying to think if that's true. I mean, is, is, is the status of women in, say, North Korea particularly poor? I mean, any particularly much well, poorer than, than it is of everybody else. I mean, none of the dear leaders have been women. Well, so far, <laughs> so, it's true. So, so, yeah. And one of the things that's interesting is there is no... And as far as I've seen, the great kind of pantheon of generals, not yeah. one of those has been a woman either. So whilst there may be formal equality, actually, of course, the problem is on North Korea is that nobody's allowed yeah. to participate yeah. in public yeah. life. Just so, a, a f- final so question true. before we move on to you, Hugo. Your article argued that just as gay rights were being advanced in Western countries like our own, they were going backwards yeah. in other countries. It wasn't as though the rest of the world was stood still while we yeah. were moving forward. Do you think there is a link between the two? Do you actually think part of the reaction we're seeing in Russia and Africa and other places is because they think if we don't clamp down now on these sorts of freedoms for, for homosexual people, we will be going the way of, of Britain and... And, would, and Europe. I wouldn't say there's a link. I'd say there's a common a common stem. I mean, the the sort of the massive advances in individual freedoms recently. It's funny hearing Anne, Anne talk about um, uh, uh, sort of sexual politics and has in Commons. I think the best description of sexual politics I've seen was it was in a book by the writers of the Thick of It, and it was a sort of spoof <laughs> manual by Malcolm Tucker about what what sort what, what sort of behaviour was acceptable from MPs. And there was a there was a line that said um, it, it was under the heading sex. It said no weird sex. Subtext: uh, Gay sex is not weird sex as long as you are gay. If you are not gay, then gay sex is weird sex, which is which is actually quite a sort of advanced advanced understanding of how, of what sort of sexual behaviour is acceptable, and absolutely not the way that anyone 
really anyone in any sort of society would have spoken, say, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, and with various forms of growing individual expression, um, these are things that people don't keep quiet anymore. Mm. Uh, and and states have to respond to this in one of two ways. And we can, as I wrote in the piece, a state can respond to the growth of individual freedom by hugging it and making it part of, you know, part of the mainstream or by seeking to, to sort of to grind it underfoot. We move on to our next topic because one of the uh, organisations, leaders that perhaps most has to catch up with the world that Hugo Rifkin has described is the Catholic Church. And uh, on his way back from a very successful week-long trip to Brazil, the new Pope Francis um, said perhaps some of the more most gay-friendly remarks from a Catholic leader that we've heard for some time. If someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge, he said. And Anne Treneman, if I can come to you, we seem, it's very hard for many church leaders to get in the press at all in, in, in recent years. But in the last week, we've had the Pope in Brazil speaking to three million people on the beaches yeah (laughs) poor poor people who booked their holiday hoping to go for uh, spend some time on the beach there's some great pictures of like nuns in the hole you know down to the floor and then people next to them in bikinis (laughs) (laughs) but of course we've yeah, His name was Francis. <laughs> just, just bikinis. Where do we think the term Brazilian goes? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but the, if I can call things to order, if we've um, had uh, the same time we've had Justin Welby, our own Archbishop of Canterbury in, in Britain, um, making waves with his suggestion that he wants to outcompete Wonga, yeah. the high street um, payday loans company. Do we have um, two church leaders for the first time for a long time who seem to have a connection with the public? Well, I think so. I mean, certainly I think Justin Welby does. And what I really liked about it, first of all, I thought it was genius that he sort of was trying to out-wonga-wonga. Wonga. But, I mean, obviously that hit the buffers. I think he was trying to under-wonga-wonga. Wonga, well, he, you know, he, that hit the buffers almost immediately <laughs> with the kind of revelation that the church itself has a small amount of um, investment in that. But what I also liked was the way he just sort of hit back at that. Oh, well, it's not a perfect world, but we're going to fix that and then we're going to figure out how to do this. Yeah. And I think that that kind of sort of um, putting your money... Or, putting your money where your mouth is, literally in this case, is just so welcome. I mean, we've just had decades of, I mean, we don't want to use the word hypocrisy, but um, there has been huge amounts of hypocrisy. And I quite, at the Pope, um, I mean, I think it's great that we have a bit of fresh. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And he's reaching out to a lot more people. But I will note that at the same time as opening, um, opening his mind more to gay rights, he has firmly announced that there will be no women priests. So. Mm. David, do you buy the basic thesis? Do you no. find these two figures compelling? No. Not no. no. Well, actually, I, I shouldn't be over saying. I don't really see why Justin Welby is such some such an incredibly progressive move on from poor old Rowan Williams. You know, he simply, I mean, okay, so he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a beard and mumbles. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, he's a little bit more comprehensible and so on, a little bit less intellectual. Um, I mean, he, he just he cuts a figure. He, he looks always like he's in fancy dress, you know. Whereas, whereas Rome Williams looked like he was born to dress like that. And so there's 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 something Is that a bit good more. Or bad, you well, it's more earthly. <laughs> you know? Hugo, I'm afraid you are of the generation that wasn't old enough, that was too old to like Harry Potter on its own account, <laughs> and not old enough to read it to its children, and okay. so on. Uh, Rowan Williams looked exactly like something out of Harry Potter um, and therefore well not exactly precisely and Welby doesn't he looks like a bank manager um, wearing a wearing a mitre there's nothing against him etc he can't help what he looks like uh, and all this kind of stuff so I'm not going to kind of just simply because he says I don't like the money lenders etc wow Christian says doesn't like money lenders shock um, so he doesn't but, but, like them no no he's, he's no, no, I, 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 understand, I understand I understand yeah. and it's a kind of and it's, no, in, in a sense previously though David we would have had a bishop that would have called for the state to do something about money lenders and would have gone oh is that why we like him because he's not asking for the state to do something but I'm just saying this is is someone who's actually doing something practical and he's trying to roll up his sleeves and saying the church must tackle this problem itself and that that makes the church more relevant in a way doesn't it it doesn't make anybody more likely to believe in God the way he wants them to it makes the church relevant. I know Christians though, doesn't think it? that it does. I know that they like to think this, mm. and I'm, you know, and I don't want to disabuse them and so on. But in the kind of if you if what you're kind of imagining is that hundreds of extra thousands of people are going to flock to the Anglican cause as a result of replacing Rome no, Williams no, with Justin, I don't think Robert anyone Williams is saying, saying that. I I, well, in, in that in that yeah. case, maybe we're getting slightly kind of overexcited. Him, we yeah. should just kind of wait and see how he beds down. And incidentally, since he has not actually dealt with most of the difficult problems yet and where he stands on the difficult problem. And since I said before that I find it struggle to take organisations seriously where women are not accorded an equal role, I find it very hard to take the Anglican Church and the Catholic Church seriously. And that will be his key test then for you well, and key, for Han and Hugo. I don't believe in God, so in a way that's, it's, it's kind of absurd of me to pontificate about it. But it just didn't... <laughs> Good word. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of torn two ways. On the one hand, I see both these people as, you know, they're 
their figures who are doing their best with huge unwieldy organizations behind them that they're trying to drag you know kicking and screaming into the modern age and on the other hand i just think no screw that i mean you can you can, you can do better than this you know i mean they're they're both i mean i'm, I'm not a christian but they're you know they're the two most prominent christians in the world and that the general message of christianity is pretty simple it's to be nice to people you know be nice to people do good things don't you know? Don't 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 be nasty. Don't make it needlessly complicated. Just just be nice. Neither of them are doing that. They're trying. I mean, Welby Welby's a breath of fresh air after Rowan Williams in a sense, but he's you know he's only going to go halfway there. You know you're never going to get this how, great how schism. Do you know, that? You know it, because you because. And What's he going to do about women bishops? No, he, and, will, and, uh, he will make women bishops happen. Until, I think what I was what I was referring to earlier was uh, Pope Francis had and, said until yeah. and, until the vote actually in the synod on women bishops last time it was very was close, incredibly I, close, I, and it was I very. It. I mean, and it was very regrettable that it was until, defeated, until, but it's only an until the until the step the, away until the the, 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 the schisms with 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 the crazy African bishops. Um, <laughs> The, the, then, it, then it's, it's going to remain an institution badly out of step with modern Britain, um, and, unt- and until the Catholic Church writes off a whole host of things that are the, the fundamental principles of Catholicism, um, it's going to it's going to yeah, remain saying, at odds you're, with, you're with modern well, morality. Okay, unless they do hundred percent. The thing I like about Welby, and I think we've seen a real serious lack of this recently, is he takes a risk, and politicians. And leaders of all business leaders, religious leaders, they need to now. I think they, everyone should be taking more risks, saying th- a little bit more what they believe in, and that is to me totally refreshing. He's putting himself out there to be, for us to be fighting about. I mean, when was the last time we sat around discussing? When he goes back to Eton and makes a public call for the place to be closed down, then I will believe that in this sort of sense that he is kind of reforming... You are setting the bar just a little bit high there. I think I might go off him at that point. But in terms of the Catholic Church growing, I think if we're talking about the Western world and and, and those sections of the world that adjoin the developed world, the idea that you have male a male celibate priesthood is so preposterous. I mean, you try explaining this. Now, Hugo has um, the right test in his. Try explaining it to a 20-year-old uh, and so on. And frankly, it is incomprehensible. It, you cannot explain it. Okay, well, I think the, uh, my claim that uh, the two new church leaders were wooing certainly have failed Davis I think Anne is Anne is open minded and I think um, Hugo's a bit nonplussed but um, we will yes, <laughs> work in progress I think is the best we can possibly say the third and final topic is the topic of Twitter and the regulation of Twitter um I think all of us here are Twitter users, and um, I should imagine all of us have at different times been subject to various kinds of abuse. But um, how should we regulate the abuse when it becomes particularly vile, when it becomes of a kind that we've seen with this poor woman who campaigned for banknotes to be um, carry a woman's image and she was you know people said that she should be raped that 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 is um, absolutely beyond the acceptable and subject to criminal law but yeah. what's the what's the gray area about it with sexism racism homophobia foul language do you want it banned should twitter regulate it or do we have to just get used to it well i don't really believe in banning because i don't think it works ever on anything um it's funny i mean i think generally what you're seeing basically is that people uh, so some people just can't seem to understand that what they're doing is public. I receive quite a lot of mail that's very hateful, um, which 
I put in bin. Um, Do you ever refer it to the board? Well, of I don't know. I received one yesterday. I thought I really should commission. be. I should be. Refer, <laughs> I should be referring this one to the police. I think. Um, but they're they're literally nothing. I mean, it's nothing to do with me. It's just uh, just people are sort of full of hate and they send up these slightly and I don't know whether they're crazy or not. Anyway, I'm slightly rambling here. But what I'm saying is sometimes on Twitter, people say something on purpose. They say things to uh, a controversialist will say something. David is quite a controversialist. So he might be saying something that gets people riled up. But what I never think is acceptable. I mean, it's just very boring. I think personal abuse is completely unacceptable all the time. So I don't think it's acceptable in real life. I don't like it if I see it in uh, a bus or on the te- on the tube or anything. And I think if something's against the law, like threatening to rape someone or threatening violence, then I think those people should be put to bed. But other than that, you turn the other cheek and look away from it. I just don't abuse. see the point of banning. Banning just never works. No. Uh, is there, is there, not, is <laughs> there a halfway house, though, Hugo Rifkind? Is there a, between banning something and actually encouraging places like Twitter to run a cleaner uh, cleaner forum because then Twitter can compete with other organizations as to the kind of um, policy they have towards abusive well, and unacceptable you can look you, you, can, you mean you can certainly try that I would say I'm very fortunate I get very little hate mail online or or, 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 or physically I, I which I suspect <laughs> is a testament to just how nice a person I am but um uh, but no I mean I'm I'm very very wary of of any laws targeted at the internet by virtue of it being the internet. I mean, we have you know we have laws against all various forms of hate speech. We don't need any more. They should be enforced online as they're enforced in the street. I don't see that particular abuse on on Twitter creates a particular new problem. It's just a new forum we should be able should be able to deal with. That said, there may be reasons why websites or forums or types of social media want to do this kind of stuff for themselves. Like we're fortunate on the Times that being behind a paywall. Um, Actually, our comments are far more civilized than um, than than many other publications. You know, and, and even the articles which which have a vast number of, of comments, they're very rarely abusive. They're very rarely stupid. They're very rarely talking about the wrong thing. Um, and so there's there's some degree of kind of curating that I think is is beneficial for a forum. But I mean, Twitter Twitter's in a slightly different situation. They could easily have a, re- a report abuse button for all the good it would do. I mean, they've virtually got one got one anyway. I think. Um, I don't know. It's very, it's very easy to block. It's very easy to ignore. It's very easy to report. I don't think. I mean, I don't think further interventions really required. Um, David, do you agree? What do you do when people abuse you? Do you block them? Uh, somebody was abusing me yesterday as a Jewish communist and an in, in employee of Murdoch. Um, it's partially because I sort of was gently teasing him out on his view that uh, racial characteristics are what uh, dominate people's personalities and indeed everything else about them. And I was sort of very gently asking, and I mean gently, asking him exactly what these characteristics were. And you could see he was getting more and more rile. Uh, and so in the, event, in the event, he broke into this moment of abuse, which I also responded to uh, by going underneath it which is the way you should handle online abuse which is and indeed almost any kind of abuse like that which is going underneath it I can't help feeling that we have got our knickers in the most incredible twist about this. Um, I know what people will say to that. Well, I've not had a rape threat. I don't think somebody mentioning rape or threatening you with rape on the uh, on, uh, on Twitter is a rape threat. 
threatening. I'm, any more than threatening to blow up, blow up an airport is a threat well, to blow up an airport. Well, exactly. And you just know that behind this, like behind the curtain in The Wizard of Oz, lies a little 20-year-old with his hand on his genitals, etc., uh, and a mummy who he doesn't want to have told about it. Uh, because if he wasn't like that, he wouldn't be putting it in Twitter. He would be doing something else. Uh, that's the truth about it. And I just, I, I do think, I mean, I, I know it's easy for me to say that, but I do get quite a lot of abuse and so on. I think we just have to learn to take it, block it, and move on from it. It represents nearly nobody. The four or five little neo-Nazis who were getting on to me yesterday did not mean that there's a great neo-Nazi surge out there. It just means that for the moment, I'm flavour of the month with neo-Nazis. Put a counter-argument to you, um, David, because I've sort of resisted political correctness in the beginning, but actually I think if you discourage... Um, homophobic, sexist language in normal social spheres, you're actually sending out quite an important message about the kind of behaviour that is acceptable in a society. And actually, if you just ignore it in other new fora like Twitter... Aren't you saying in some way it is acceptable? And no, no, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you should no. say it's acceptable or behave. I know you're not approving of it. But on the other hand, one of the things you should realise is that if outrage is the thing you are seeking to cause by your behaviour, your people being outraged by it is not exactly a defeat. Mm. I mean, you know, you have to bear that in mind too. There are people for whom this is their enjoyment. Is your getting really cross about it and having a, an absolutely fine time? Now, of course, some of them are beginning to get scared. And, of course, the, the, the wonderful Mary Beer getting back on this guy who had to sell his mother. It was well worth doing simply to remind ourselves of what actually what a lot of this stuff is really about. Well, look, that's, I'm afraid, David's going to have to have the last word this week. Thank you very much, David, Hugo, Anne, and also to Chris Skinner, um, the producer of this week's edition of Did You Read? All of the articles that we've discussed today can be found on the Comment Central blog, which you can find at thetimes.co.uk slash commentcentral. And that's available for all Time subscribers. And on there, you can read a particularly good uh, article by Janice Turner, who does love the new Archbishop of Canterbury. It's a very different argument from the one that we've heard from David Aronovich. So thank you most of all to all of you for listening. And I hope that you'll tune in again via iTunes to next next week's edition also from the times what comedian with a penchant for cheese puns and obscure facts is set to host a panel show dedicated to the ashes the greatest sporting contest in the history of the universe is it a the ghost of wg grace b mexican hottie and leg spinner selma hayek or c andy zaltzman If you know the answer, then join me, Andy Zaltzman, for The Greatest Test, the best comedy quiz panel live show about the ashes in England this summer. Probably guaranteed. Tickets at thetimes.co.uk slash greatest test.